I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At Woods End podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> Kittens can be real assholes. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? Who am I? I only show. Oh right. my gosh! Ah, okay. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Elsa. I don't know, is that even a word? Welcome back to the Atwood Sun Podcast. I'm Megs. And I'm Kim. And today we're getting wild and we're going to be exploring the animal kingdom. Now this episode was really inspired by your hilarious reactions whenever we've touched upon, you know, unknown facts about what what have you which we know that our listeners love and for any of our new listeners be sure to listen to episode eight avocado i hardly knew her for the infamous what when kim learned that a banana is actually a berry i like i honestly still think about that probably like three times a week and like i was i had a banana on my oatmeal this morning and i was like Ugh, oatmeal and berries. <laughs> That's not crazy. That's not something that people are it's like, how just, dare you? No, they're too big. And like, what berries do you peel? Like, okay. I just, okay. no. Imagine if like, I just peel my blueberry. It's no. botany, Kim. It's not... It's yeah. It's wrong, is what it is. I'm ready to. I'm ready to learn more today, and I'm excited because I feel like it, I feel like you know animals. I can like stand on my own a little bit more. Not as bad as plants, at least. Okay, yeah. So, but hopefully, hopefully, I will give our listeners the the reactions they're looking for, or at least a relatable reaction, because I stand that I am the voice of the people here. Okay. <laughs> We'll see. So since we could probably do, you know, the entire episode on any of the animals we're about to talk about, I've kind of broken this episode down into three micro segments. I know that everybody knows we love our segments on this podcast. And for our Philomath today, we'll be doing something a little bit different. So have a paper and a pen ready because we're going to do a little subconscious psychology quiz and you can do it with yourself at home. So are you ready, Kim? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, segment one. It's all relative. Okay, so in honor of you always being loud on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) In honor of you always being loud every second of your life. I knew that as soon as we decided to do this this episode, I was like, I I know exactly what my first point is. I don't know the rest of the structure, but this is what we're starting with. So we're starting with the loudest members of the animal kingdom. Any guesses what the loudest animal is? (laughs) Okay, I have somewhere in the recesses of my brain is this like fact about the animal that's the loudest being like super small, like it's like a bug or something. No, but are bugs animals? <laughs> they're inver- they're invertebrates. So if we're talking about <laughs> the entire like animal kingdom, I wouldn't include insects, but like technically they're living things. It gets into weird kind of things. We're basically talking about vertebrates for the most part uh, in this episode. Okay, so okay, yeah. my my two guesses then are is it some sort of like aquatic like whale situation or it's like a screaming frog. Those are <laughs> Okay. So those are good guesses. We're going to get to that. But before, <laughs> so for reference, I'm going to be talking about decibels. And so just so that you understand when I'm whipping out these numbers where they are relatively to everything else, normal conversation for most people, except for Kim, sits at about 60 decibels, okay? (laughs) A lawnmower at 90 decibels, 
and a loud rock concert at 120 decibels. I'm just laying Kim, them on. Kim is somewhere around 110. Kim, you are the loudest animal. This is actually just all to roast me. Yeah, this is actually your secret roast. Awesome. We're, we're getting awesome. wild. <laughs> okay, so you were right. So the loudest animal is a blue whale, and it emits vocalizations of up to 188 decibels and can be heard up to 160 kilometers away. But at the same time, we have to remember that a blue whale is also the largest animal. So relative to its weight, that only works out to about 0.0012 decibels of kilograms of their body mass. So that's where the howler monkey comes in at 88 decibels or 11 decibels per kilo. Now, it's actually a crustacean that takes the cake here and beats them both. Okay. Yes. I <laughs> knew it was like a like a bug kind of thing. <laughs> like <laughs> So I mean crustaceans wow. and insects. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty you're you're in the right category. I'm impressed I'm impressed with myself. Whales and something with like a hard exoskeleton. <laughs> you got it. Okay, yeah. So it's this is the pistol shrimp. And when they snap their claws, of all things, it's in really high frequency, so we can't really hear it, but it emits a sound of 190 decibels or 3,800 decibels per kilo. That's crazy. Imagine just like clicking its claws and all its little shrimp neighbors are like, oh my God, <laughs> shut up. Like he's I think so it's like noisy. A death kill. It's not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Not just like him clacking his no. little like one like of those instruments. Is that called, yeah, his little castanets. <laughs> no, it's it's not just for general noise making. And okay. Pee-haw. Yeah. No, it's it's like a death kill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> the second one in our it's all relative segment. So this time last year I was still pregnant, so we have to talk about gestation periods. So now, any guesses for which animal is pregnant the longest and which for the shortest amount of time? Ooh, I feel like there's a lot of animals that I feel like are pregnant forever. Like giraffes are pregnant for like a long time. Okay. I feel like elephants are pregnant for a long time. And what about the Um, shortest? What do you think? Ooh. Are we talking like mammals? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Because like, okay. Longest, my guess is giraffe and shortest, my guess is a squirrel. Okay. All right. So. You got it in your first round of guesses. So on land, the longest is an elephant, which carries her baby for up to 23 months, which is 100 weeks. I carried Hugo for 41 weeks and one day and yikes. But if we're talking about longest gestation period overall, it actually belongs to a prehistoric scary ass frilled shark, okay? Which looks like a cross (laughs) between an eel and a shark. And that lasts... 3.5 3.5 years or 182 weeks. Okay. I'm still on frilled shark. Yeah, like look my, up frilled shark. Brain, look it up. My brain is catching up. This is like that when we talked about that other shark recently the that Greenland was like 5 shark. billion years old and eats yeah. reindeer. <laughs> oh my god, nobody Google frilled shark. <laughs> Everybody Google it. Absolutely. Ew. Yeah, so they, this, one, this one I had to do a lot of, like, it's a super rare prehistoric shark that they think is, you know, 200 million this years old, something like that. This frilled shark would make a awesome villain in, like, The Little Mermaid. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I hate it. Okay, okay. closing yeah. this. <laughs> now, when it comes to the shortest gestation, that belongs to Canada's only 
marsupial. Do you know what Canada's only marsupial is? No. The Virginia opossum. And their gestation period is 12 days. What? How does it even grow about? Sorry. How does it even grow a baby that fast? Okay. So remember, it's a marsupial, right? So those babies are going to hang out in that pouch for for an extended amount of time. So technically, it's a little bit of a cheat. But yeah. And actually, as an honorable mention, because they are your beloved, we have guinea pigs. So it's not their gestation that's as much of a wow factor as the fact that the sows or the female guinea pigs will go into heat two to 15 hours after giving birth and so really there is no rest for the wicked <laughs> yeah i thought guinea pigs too they like i swear like after like two weeks they can like carry their own babies too so like f- little... four weeks old that was my next little factoid yeah. here yeah so after a baby guinea pig is born in about four weeks they're ready to make their own babies and that is why there are billions of guinea pigs on this planet. yeah as there should be yeah, <laughs> we're big guinea pig fans here. I know we yeah. we oddly talk about guinea pigs a lot, a lot, but as as we should. <laughs> yeah, what kind of what kind of who just want to talk about guinea pigs all the time? <laughs> we're a guinea pig family. We're a guinea pig podcast. Actually, that's the we better sound way to... we sound like those kids at school that no one wanted to be friends with. We're a guinea pig club. What do you what do you mean? We had so many guinea pigs born at our house that all of our friends had guinea everybody had a guinea pig. And we could like trace down I literally did like a lineage for one of our oh guinea pigs. Oh my god, pigs. that's so funny. <laughs> well, because it started off we know like the original two that we had. And the original was Daisy the pig and the first male in the line was Pigzilla. <laughs> Great granddad Pigzilla. Come on, that's so cute. Founding, founding father. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so last factoid, and it's all relative. So finally, it gets down to intelligence. So what I was really curious about when I was researching for this episode was to kind of extend the learning past just, you know, which animal is the smartest through emphasis on on particular skills and seeing what else exists other than the obvious ones that kind of quickly come to mind. So I guess my first question is here, how would you define intelligence or like what do you think a good metric is for determining intelligence in animals? Ooh. That's hard to answer. I feel like comparatively to like something's brain size. Okay. Yeah. What they would be able to accomplish. But I don't know how you measure degree of accomplishment (laughs) in different. Show me mouse your house. (laughs) In different animals. And then you have some animals that have like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like all animals have kind of like an emotional intelligence, but like there are some animals that like, you know, can. I think to, like, some degree, there's, like, a level of, I don't know, like, hey, we go back to guinea pigs. Yeah. I have had guinea pigs, like, I've always, like, had multiple, like, two at a time. But when my, when one passed, when my first one passed, the other one was, like, notably sad. Like, was dejected, was, like, not herself. And then when we got another one, she perked back up again and she was, like, totally happy. But then when when she passed away, the one that we got third, mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. was to- she was totally fine. And so I just feel like there's, like, I don't know. I think like you wouldn't attest animals- that to kind of, like, a herd mentality. Guinea pigs de- generally live in groups, right? And so they get used to one another 
so you yeah yeah I guess I mean yeah a little bit I just think there's like some may like maybe that is just like a human like attributing our own emotional intelligence onto like animals but I do feel like you know with like dogs and pigs and like and real pigs not guinea pigs like yeah. <laughs> there's like there's We're like shorten the name <laughs> yeah there is like degree of emotional intelligence but i don't know if you can call that e- actual like, intelligence smarts yeah 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 well i mean like that's something that's really important for scientists to remember when they are you know trying to monitor intelligence or trying to come up with ways of like how do you determine the intelligence of something without humanizing it right and so one of the things that i read was that animals don't have time to rest they're looking for food they're looking to mate that's and those are their sole purposes in life and they don't leave much room for other things in their lives like you said it it has been presumed in the past that you know the larger the brain the more intelligent and if we're talking about just brain size compared to ours it would make dolphins technically i was literally about to say is it dolphins no this there's more to this there's lots of this okay okay. yeah but if if you wanted to you know that's one way of looking at it that let's look at brain size if you have a larger brain that means that you have the larger capabilities but even people can prove to you (laughs) that that's not always the case because we all have the same brain size (laughs) yeah and there's definitely some dolphins that are smarter than humans yeah (laughs) for sure (laughs) oh you played into that perfectly kim doesn't actually have our notes this week i sent her a few sentences in the beginning so this is yeah i have one i have one line yeah (laughs) it's a little little improv i want i want the reactions to be wholesome and you can't do that if you're prepared for the ridiculous things i'm gonna ask you later on (laughs) anyways so measuring intelligence in animals has really come a long way what scientists are are looking for now is the combination of skills and abilities that allow animals to live in and adapt to their specific environments and so what that basically means is that it's still fairly difficult to measure cumulative intelligence across the board and that's where relativity comes into play Instead, what I looked for were animals that did really well with specific things. You can't necessarily compare them all. You know, what's that whole thing? If you take a fish out of water and ask it to climb a tree, you know, but put it in water. Like that whole nonsense, right? That, you know, take a fish out of the water. They're they're not going to do anything. But as soon as they're in the water, they're going to swim a lot better than a lion will. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of. Okay. And so... Here are a few species that have very specifically impressive capabilities. <laughs> this one's my favorite, I think. So chimpanzees surpass humans in some memory exercises. So for example, there was a chimp named Ayumu who remembered the correct order of a series of numbers when they appeared at random for just 210 milliseconds on a monitor, destroying human kids in the same task. Wow, that's crazy. I don't think I could do it. Chimpanzees are super smart. They are. Did you know that chimpanzees are actually not our closest relatives? Is it another kind of monkey? It is, yeah. Do you know which one? Mm, Gorillas? No. I'm not going to make you guess. This one's kind of a a more obscure one. They're called bonobo monkeys. So look up bonobo monkeys if anybody's near a computer, just so you can get a visual of what they look like, because they're scary. I'm looking. Yeah yeah (laughs) they kind of look like people yeah more than chimps do at least eh their faces just tend to be a little bit 
I don't know. Like, yeah, a little bit too... Ooh, some of them are scary. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they're they're a little too close to human for my liking. Yeah. This is, like, Planet of the Apes vibe. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. It looks yeah, more like Planet of, of the these... Apes than... Yeah. If we were to take a note from our closest relatives, the bonobos, they're actually a female-dominated society, and they use sexual contact between both males and females as a social glue. And the crucially, what's really important in this is that females form strong bonds, um, even with females they're unrelated to. And so, matriarchy rules. That's the one comment I'm going to say about those monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Take notes, society. (laughs) Idiots. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Goats have excellent long-term memories. I believe that. Do you? I, I, their weird looking eyes just spook me a little the bit. The weird, like, rectangular yeah, it's, it's backwards flipped. pupils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, up and down instead of your what you would assume is, like, kind of side I, to side. I just feel like goats have so much, like, personality that I believe they would, like, you know, keep a vendetta against someone. Like, they would remember. My sister-in-law just got a goat for Christmas, and I'm kind of jealous. I do. That's so fun. I know, right? A little pygmy goat. I, Aww. too, would like a goat. Yeah. I would love a goat. I did goat yoga once. How was that? It was honestly <laughs> like ridiculous. a hot. It was yeah. it was a hot mess. <laughs> it's a lot of like being prepared for goats to be like peeing on your yoga mat. Occasionally, yes, when you're in like tabletop or down dog, they'll like they'll like jump on top of you. Oh, like you're sounds like a my, little... my infant today while I was trying to do my <laughs> thirty minute power yoga. <laughs> thought it was nothing funnier than to pull me by the hair while trying to stand up and was laughing his head off and I was like, I'm not getting my flow here, bud. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Zen. <laughs> yeah. Just neither like goat is pee. goat yoga. <laughs> I can can confirm, but they are very cute. They are cute, yeah. New Caledonia crows, they're native to Pacific Island of New Caledonia, which didn't know existed, but they ha- they've demonstrated that they have a cause and effect understanding similar to that of a five to seven year old human. They were provided with a tube filled with a bit of water. Okay, so think of like a test tube and imagine there's about a quarter of water inside of it. In the water, there's a treat floating in it right? But if they try to peck down, they can't reach that treat because it's too low sitting in that water. And now beside the test tube, they put a pile of pebbles and the crows would pick up pebbles and drop them in the tube, thus continuing to increase the water levels, right? Because as you have more rocks in there, then it'll increase that water level until they can right. get the treat. So they could understand that if they put the pebble in, the water I don't think I could figure that out. I'm reading these animal things and I'm like, oh, fuck, what I... Someone's like, get this out. Oh, you got us some couple rocks. Like, Yeah, I'd be I'd like drowning. I'd be like, no, I'd be like drowning myself. Like my head would be like fully <laughs> submerged in the water. Also, did you know that crows and ravens don't like exist in the same communities? Like they have like these turf wars. So like yeah. if you have crows in your area, you don't have ravens. And if you have ravens, you won't have crows. We're still working on befriending crows. That is an yeah. at wit's end podcast pledge that eventually. It is a joint 2022 vision board goal. <laughs> just a crow <laughs> i think that whenever i hear them i'm like oh god i was like was that friendly enough will you remember my face and like me i hope so <laughs> quick get the dog food we've got to feed the crows <laughs> did i buy peanuts specifically for crows you betcha <laughs> okay <laughs> moving on to dogs 
So Teal and I once got into an argument about whether or not dogs or cats were smarter. I'm convinced it's cats. You know, a lot of cats will not participate in experiments. They're very, just like a cat would not participate in something unless they wanted to. That the fact that cats have basically domesticated us, they don't actually need us. They can hunt, they can clean themselves. They've adapted all of these measures to be able to survive completely independent of people and other things that they actually have the, the, a cat style intelligence where they're so smart that they don't even let on how smart they are because they refuse <laughs> to cooperate <laughs> whereas dogs on the other hand they we know that they are extremely intelligent and that they can follow and respond to human gestures like pointing or eye movements without any training and they have learned to actually look not at our pupils but rather the white spaces on either side to determine which direction we're looking in which is i'm like do we do that too and i'm trying to think that's probably how you can determine like you know if somebody's across the room from you and they move their eyes you're not looking at the pupil you're looking at how much space is on either side of the pupil to determine like you're doing that subconsciously to determine where they're looking right and so dogs can do that as well yeah now one of the smartest dogs in the world or at least the one with the most impressive vocabulary is a border collie named Rico. Now, Rico knows the names to more than 200 items in German, might I add. (laughs) And he can retrieve the object from a jumble of stuff after hearing the name only once. That's impressive. Right? It's like those dogs that can push the buttons that are like, walk. And that's, I was trying to find additional information on that because I wanted to touch upon that. Like some of those dogs, it feels like you're having a conversation when they're like, ow. And they're like, what's wrong? And they're (laughs) like, walk. No, I hate you. I hate you. I, I love watching those things. And I was like, I bet, like even our dog, you know, he will tell him, bandit, go to bed. And he'll literally sprint upstairs and he jumps into his bed. And I'm like, we never said banded bed. Like, this is your bed. You know, it was just, Mm -hmm. we'd be like, okay. And (laughs) sometimes when he's tired, he'll just go up to the top of the stairs and he'll just like trot upstairs and you'll hear him just like trotting to his bed. And he's just, he's going to bed for the night and he won't fall asleep anywhere else. And we're like, we love you. (laughs) You are special. (laughs) See, I'm sleepy. Actually, I have a funny story about dogs and learning words so when we were i was like in grade eight maybe and a bunch of our friends at school were getting puppies and a friend of ours her mom was very pretty and we'll leave it at that and they were going to look at dogs and they're like this dog knows 20 words and she's like holy shit how the fuck can he talk and we're like, oh, oh no, 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 no. Oh, no. But she was really pretty. Oh, my God. That's painful. How can you be serious about Like, how could you not understand that that's, it's referring Actually, to commands? Yes. And also, speaking of talking animals, like, you know, like, the parrots, you can teach parrots and, like, you know, like, budgies yeah. and stuff to, like, mimic. But did you know you can teach crows to mimic? And if you've ever seen, like, a video of a crow talking, they have the deepest voices and they're so scary. And they're like, no, they're like, they're like, hello. <laughs> like, it's so, uh, we'll, I'll link okay, the we'll video have to in find our it. show I notes. I think I've seen one, because- but he was, like, like, mimicking a laugh. And he, her, her, her. 
It was just like a terrifying like, straight out of an anime. Anyone bad listening guy. to our, our talking crow impressions right now. <laughs> you speak for yourself, Miss who doesn't do an impression even under the duress of I only do improv. That uh, okay. no no on the spot prompts. That is that is improv, Kim. No, that's like I've been handed a script. That's not improv. <laughs> Can you look up improv, please? <laughs> It is on the spot. Sometimes you're given like a location and a name and then you just gotta take no. it away. Okay, fine. <laughs> Don't I tell people you do I... improv before they're I... like, and now Kim with some improv. <laughs> I only speak from the heart. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving, Mo- moving on. on. A 2007 study found. Stop making me laugh, goddammit. Okay. <laughs> a 2007 study found that the Western Scrub Jay can plan for the future by storing food that they think will be limited in the future. So anticipating future needs. So those are not, you know, things that are not motivated by instinct, like building a nest or immediate needs like hunger. So that's a super complex skill, planning for your future. And it was previously considered to be uniquely human. Interesting. But only this bird does it? Do you think any other do any other animals plan for their future? So I think that's the difficulty with this is that you need to have teams of people working on these things and trying to come up with a way to see how, you know, food is a really great one to determine planning for your future, but you don't know if other animals are doing it. Like some animals, um, like armadillos, for example, can become inseminated, but then like pause the pregnancy. Really? Right? Yeah, so they'll pause the pregnancy, and this is like kind of like plants do this too with seeds, that seeds won't start growing unless they know that not only can they grow to become a plant, but that there's a good chance that their seeds will be able to, like that they'll be able to reproduce themselves, right? And so armadillos can literally pause the pregnancy, and then they'll start it again. So sometimes uh, an armadillo won't be pregnant for like up to six months after they've actually mated. Interesting. Yeah, there's this, I, I, we we're going to play a game where it was like real or fake, but I didn't want to confuse anybody with... Uh, <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. Me. <laughs> um, with, so armadillos, there's a, a breed of armadillo called the pink fairy armadillo. So if anybody's near your computer, look that one up, because I'd be wanting a pink fairy armadillo. Like, so cute. Fairy. <laughs> Kim's also a lightning fast oh. typer. Are they cute? Oh my god, it's so cute. What? It's. I wasn't anticipating it being furry. I'm like so tiny. It just like so for anybody who just oh needs my, a visual who's not gonna look it like up a right a now. Overgrown. It, he it looks, looks like, like a guinea pig wearing a, a, yeah. a, a like a fake skin like a what's it called? Yeah, like snake a snake skin jacket. Little, yeah, it looks like a a guinea pig wearing a shrimp costume. <laughs> exactly with like fake chicken feet nailed it (laughs) no no need there is no need to google anymore because i have given you guys the most accurate yeah please let us know how (laughs) how that played out in your head but okay (laughs) second segment are you ready for a lightning round yes what's your favorite animal giraffes Okay, so here are 10 things you didn't know about giraffes, hopefully. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm excited. 
Okay, number one, female giraffes often return to where they were born to give birth. Once there, their calves receive a rough welcome to the world as they fall over five feet to the ground. Oh my god, I've always thought about that with giraffes when they're delivering their babies. Like, that's just such, such a rude a rude entry to the world. Get some breathing, though. I mean, it's the same thing as a doctor, you know, smacking a baby to jumpstart everything as they transition True. from, like, placental living to actually having their lungs working in air, right? Because remember yeah. that when you're in a placenta, you're not breathing in air. Right. Which is, like, one of the miracles of life, that we go from a placenta to then being able to switch over to breathing air when we're born. That's crazy. Like an amphibian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y- yep. <laughs> okay. Number two. Sometimes it's fun to just say things because I can feel, <laughs> I can feel like the p- the pain it causes you when I say stuff like that. I mean, like technically you're it's not like the urge, the urge to like explain, <laughs> but like knowing we don't have time. So we have to just like move on. No, we're doing good. We're, we're, we're doing fine. We can get through these steps. Okay, yes. Number two. But no, I want you to. Re- I want you to respond and and have your. <laughs> the people want it, Kim. The people love it. Okay. <laughs> Giraffe's tongues can be up to twenty inches long and are darkly cover- colored. So it's thought to help them protect during frequent sun exposure and keeps them from getting sunburned on their tongues. I did not know that's why they had those purple tongues, but yeah. I did know that they had purple tongues. Yeah, they're, they're they had really... to feed the giraffes at the zoo one time. Oh, they're the best. I worked with them at African Lion Safari, and they used to come, you know, say hi to the bus, and I'm like, this is a very special tour we're getting. <laughs> I'm not supposed to have my phone out, but it's fine. <laughs> I swear the giraffes like my bus the best. I used to, I was visited by a lot of giraffes and rhinos and yeah. Okay, number three. Giraffes have hair-covered horns called ossicones, and males will use them for fighting, and females don't fight. I love their little fuzzy horns. That's one of the reasons they're my favorite animals. Ossicones. I love their little fuzzy ossicones. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't spend hours researching this for you to continue saying fuzzy little horns. For me to spread fake information. <laughs> yeah. Did you know a giraffe is amphibian? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know we're all technically amphibians? <laughs> Every single one of us. Uh, okay. Number four. <laughs> Giraffes require over 75 pounds of food a day, which is equivalent to a chest freezer or 34 bottles of wine or a tumble dryer or a bouncy castle. That's crazy. That's a lot of food. And it's you'd actually. Think th- you'd think there'd just be like you would see this like giant just like path of deforestation wherever they go (laughs) maybe we just don't see it because we're not tall enough i mean so giraffes (laughs) eat so much and they get most of the moisture or like most of their water requirements from what they're eating which is probably why they also eat so much like they are huge but they they get a lot of water from what they're eating because it's very dangerous for them to like get into their they look kind of like i did when i was pregnant and i fucking dropped something and i'd like you know (laughs) wide leg stance (laughs) slowly bending over making sure i'm not gonna be surprised by anybody yeah (laughs) okay number five the giraffe's scientific name is giraffa cameleopardi oh fuck camelopardalis camelopardalis 
which comes from the ancient Greeks belief that it looked like a camel wearing a leopard's coat. And so the second part of their species name, camel lopardalis, literally means camel leopard. Aw, I like that. I know, it makes it adds a little bit of bouginess to that. Sometimes, like, humans are also just so funny with how they name things. Like, you think <laughs> it's not, like, oh, what does that better. fancy Latin name mean? Oh, it just means, like, it looks like a camel wearing a leopard costume. So, like, yeah, exactly. then we just, add, we just added is to the end of yeah. it. <laughs> like, most Latin. We're watching Bones for the first time, which I know, again, I'm, like, 25 years late to the, to the Bones party. <laughs> Your, like, taste in television... <laughs> Everywhere. is one of my like favorite <laughs> favorite things because it's so all over the map and it is like approximately always a decade late to like whatever <laughs> and like still of still somehow obscure like Wait, you dec- never watch bones no oh my god kim you need to watch bones okay it's about a forensic anthropologist okay here's the thing <laughs> i have okay yeah i'm not even gonna try bones is a really good show it's it's I like sciencey shows. I don't know how realistic this is, and I know absolutely nothing about bones, and so I can really enjoy it. Whereas like some other science shows, I'm like, yeah, right, you get a PCR back that fast, bullshit, you know, or like I'm just watching it with more of like a critical, you know, it's like there is there is no way, and so this one I'm really enjoying. I don't even remember what I was talking about now because <laughs> it's gone. You're making fun of me. Anyways, next next point, number six. Because of their unusual shape, giraffes have a highly specialized cardiovascular system that starts with an enormous heart. It's two feet long and weighs up to 25 pounds, which is equivalent to a two-year-old or 30-pack case of beer or a car's tire. Fuck me, why can't I read? Or a car's tire or 25 footballs or like soccer balls. That's wild. <laughs> getting wild <laughs> i didn't know their hearts were that big i was like holy shit yeah and then i was trying to think that's of all like, these things that's really tires are heavy exactly i'm trying to think of carrying my one tire i'm like god damn it and that's their entire heart that they have to lug around while they're eating 75 pounds of food so there's a lot going on there okay this one is gross and i'm so sorry for everybody you're not gonna be able to unknow this fact but male oh, so no. this is number seven <sighs> Male giraffes will test a female's fertility by tasting her urine. Okay, it sounds bad. I was expecting, like, banana berry situation. And, like, I can honestly... <laughs> it's like, actually a just... large cat. <laughs> yeah. It's not. <laughs> just... <laughs> it's an amphibian. <laughs> My God. Uh, um, it's not an amphibian. No, okay. That's not it. That's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I, just, I thought it was going to be, like, a little bit more scarring. From, like, a visual but, point like, of view, like, I get it. It makes sense from, like, a strictly biology nature point of view, but, like, gross. All right, number this eight. It just sounds like something the male species would do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to take this now. I don't know who I should. <laughs> I agree. We'll go there. <laughs> Okay, number eight. The first giraffe to make its way to Europe was brought there by none other than Julius Caesar from Alexandria in 46 BC as a part of a triumphant return to Rome after years of civil war. Now, number nine follows closely with this. So some 1500 years later, Lorenzo de' Medici was gifted a giraffe by the Sultan of Egypt and giraffes had not been seen in Italy since antiquity. 
and it caused quite the sensation as it wandered the streets of Florence and accepted treats offered out of second-story windows. Aww! Like, what? That would be... <laughs> You're in Firenze and, like... That would be so fun if you just, like, woke up one morning and, like, throw open your little Italian shutters yeah. onto your little cobblestone your street and the giraffes just, like, hey... <laughs> what are you feeding it like what's this pa- giraffe feeding pasta pizza pasta yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's such a cute visual i thought that was sweet okay and then number 10 that is sweet how many hours a day do you think a giraffe sleeps two you think two out of 24 hours is enough to get it through the day i don't know that's what i'm going with okay not bad 4.6 hours a day Oh, you see, you were trying to bamboozle me. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, so they... I was going to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. That giant heart needs, they need to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's only 4.6. So this is actually a safari fact, going back to my African lion safari days. So giraffes will take kind of short naps throughout the day, lasting anywhere from like 20 to 35 minutes because they don't really have time to sleep. Now, I don't know if it's all giraffes, but I remember reading something a while back that sometimes they would, like, get down and take six-minute naps, which is very reminiscent of my, like, university days when I had to take nine-minute naps between, like, classes, labs, and lectures, and I was like, I can do this, and I can do it. I can sleep in under ten minutes, have, like, a fulfilling nap. Oh, my God. I cannot. But I do think I could survive on probably the same amount of sleep as a giraffe. I would just need it all at once because I can't nap. Like, I'm, I'm, like, physically incapable of nothing. If you are missing out on one of the best things in life, there is nothing better. Oh, God, Kim. Okay. I'm no, so mad I at have you to be like, you, you I have to be still so... take naps and you're wasting those opportunities. It's like, I should have napped more in university. Why did I even go to class? Yeah, I, I can't do it. I have to be, like, wildly hungover. Then I cannot. <laughs> but it's mostly just, like, it's at that point. It, at, that, at that point, it's just, like, narcolepsy. I'm just, like, I think my body's just, like, depleted. <laughs> of, like, of, like all, all sustenance. Yeah, it's just, like, we're gonna just, like, turn you off for a little while while we, like, fix whatever's going on inside you. <laughs> I used to have this, like, theory as a kid. Well, not, like, a theory. Do you remember the movie Osmosis Jones? yes okay so for anybody who's not familiar with it it's basically about like the cells in the body and you know you have like the white blood cells are police officers and they all have roles and they're living in bill murray's body loved osmosis jones (laughs) i didn't mind i thought it was pretty cool i i I saw some flaws and so building off of that idea (laughs) i used to think of like really clever kind of same kind of thing but like actual like little cartoon but like but like actually backed by science yeah (laughs) it's an interesting scientific i mean like it's a good shot at trying to teach kids about yeah you know different cells in the body though inaccurate i'm like you might as well just be accurate about it whatever okay are you ready for segment three our third segment for the philip math okay animal sound effects around the world so this one animal sound effects maybe so i just had a minor heart attack (laughs) it's like cut it we're going straight to the philomath as if we're standing in like a giant control room and kim stomps her foot she's like cut it here camera three (laughs) take it to commercial I've always wanted to have that job when they're like, camera two, zooming in. Okay, camera one, (laughs) and three. There's a couple movies where the female lead has that kind of job where she's securing that shot, you know? And I'm like, that would be a very high energy job. (laughs) 
that might be cool okay no so this one was inspired by a toy that hugo has and it's like one of those like it's like a giant wheel you pull it it spins around and it says the cow goes moo I'm right i'm sure i had that toy i think everybody has that toy <laughs> but it reminded me of a very funny uh, family guy sketch where the characters are in europe they don't know the europe and then all of a sudden the cow goes shazoo and they're like yep we're somewhere in europe and it got me thinking okay so different countries and different languages identify animal sounds very differently than what we would say in english and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to ask you to just say the animal sound that's associated so if i asked you for a cow you'd say moo right that we know it as and i'll confirm whether or not you're correct or if i agree with the sound effect that you think that animal makes and then i'll tell you what they are in different countries around the world okay okay the horse says nay i agree in danish it says vrinkst in swedish it says nog <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay so these are phonetically written okay and this is any of these people heard this animal before because it for sure goes nay <laughs> knog gnog no okay no it, it goes Frinkst. in swedish it's Frinkst. spelled gnog they said it was phonetic okay in russian okay um igogo and in, in polish eha okay that's closer yeah is kind of like donkey maybe like maybe the g so i don't know like i tried to find what would it sound like to us so i mean some of these just might be funny and we might be insulting the the (laughs) russian swedish and danish people that listen to the podcast which hey tell us that i'm wrong (laughs) i'm also probably gonna butcher a lot of these as i do you know me who boasts about my language capabilities and then as soon as we're on air i can't even speak english but that's fine okay the mouse says Uh, um squeak (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just had like a, I had a panic. <laughs> the mouse is. <laughs> I was like, I was, yeah. And I was literally gonna be like. <laughs> no, that's how you call a cat, Kim. <laughs> no, that's. Sorry, different. You're right. From you're right. Sorry. I didn't. I didn't hear the subtleties between the S and the P sound there. Okay. So in Italian, it says squit squit. In Japanese, it says choo choo. In Swedish, it says pip pip. And in Hungarian, it's Hungarian. It says tsin They all sound very mousy. To they be do, fair, right? Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's the horse that I'm just like, what kind of motherfucking horse? <laughs> yeah, like what kind of I go go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The rooster says, "Cockadoodle do." In Spanish, it says, <laughs> "I kid you not." That's how it's spelled. Kiki. <laughs> In French, it says Cocorico. <laughs> wow, I like the French, Brewster. Okay. In Korean, it also says Cocorico. <laughs> and in Japanese, it says Coco. Okay, they're all pretty close. I don't know if like, I, like, yeah, I guess. I, it's like, kind of hard to, like, yeah. the, like, syllables are the same in all of them. Like, I can see what, that we're all at least in this situation versus the horse, I can see that we're all looking at the same animal here. Because, like, I'm not confident that Swedish people are looking at a horse. Knock. I just... Knock. What kind of horse goes gnag? Okay, so... Gnag. <laughs> Very polite horse. Like, gnag. Like, gnag. Okay. And finally... The yeah, dog... that's what it sounds like. Gnag. Yeah. Good egg. 
Okay, and finally uh, the dog says, yeah, woof. <laughs> nope. In Dutch, it woof. says blaf. <laughs> In Romanian, it says ham ham. <laughs> In Indonesian, it says guk guk. <laughs> In Gaelic, it says am am. <laughs> This made me really happy. So I'm going to, we're going to actually post this link in the show notes. I found this beautiful illustrated infographic, I guess, and it has each animal and then it has the different. So I just kind of pulled the funniest ones from each section, but it's a really nice, funny kind of, yeah. I'm still on the horse one. Okay. (laughs) Hold on. I just want to double check my, okay. Maybe like eagle go. I like, (laughs) I can see how all of those (laughs) (laughs) you make it fit miss improv like (laughs) i just feel like i can kind of i can kind of see where they all come from but like the horse one's definitely a stretch hold on i'm gonna do it in a russian accent no i'm not (laughs) my russian accent's not that good Okay, well, that does wrap up our three segments of Let's Get Wild. So now, on to the very last segment of the show. It's time for the film of... Okay. (laughs) Can you do that again? No. No, no, I'm going to do it for audio. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) Woo! Thank you. (laughs) All right. It's really stressful. I'm going to need to get another beer for this experience. Okay. So today's fellow math, we are taking a second to learn about ourselves rather than learning even more than you probably already have this episode, hopefully. I wonder, I hope that people are like, oh, cool. I didn't know that. Not like, oh, you guys didn't know that. What the heck? You know. Um, but yeah. I'll be like, uh, like, I, if you knew any of these facts, person listening, please like, I don't know, send me a message on My Instagram. husband's going to send you like, a message and be like, oh, actually, when you said this, <laughs> did you mean this? Because... was going to be like, we're actually not amphibians. <laughs> <laughs> My husband is a zoologist, or that's what he studied in school. And so I've had a long... <laughs> this episode's going to be painful for him. <laughs> no, it's not. I did, I did qu- extensive research on this. No, I mean listening oh. to me, not to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was really excited Not about this you. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I I have learned a lot. I just know that I'm going to sound like a moron. <laughs> no, but I'm sure other listeners, too, will be excited, right? The point of this podcast is, you know, yeah, to learn voice, about Yeah, voice things. of the people. Exactly. Voice of the people. Yeah. Okay, so if you are at home or if you have a pen and paper near you then get it out so what we're doing now is a psychology do i need a pen and paper no i'm going to type out your answers just so that we have them saved okay okay so we're doing the psychology quiz that's based on your subconscious and you'll answer these questions and then i'm going to reveal what the question actually subconsciously means to you when we read out your answers so there are four questions you answer the question and then you have to give me three really strong descriptive words as to either why or like three words for your answer so the stronger your adjective the better the psychology quiz works so people we want no kindergarten no kindergarten answers here we want some strong words 
Now, Kim's going to be doing it in real time, so hopefully it gives everyone enough time to fill in their answers as well. But if you do need an extra bit of time, then just pause the podcast after I explain the question. So are you ready, Kim? Yes. What is your favorite animal? Mm, giraffes. Oh, I want you to give me three descriptive words as to why you like giraffes. So you like giraffes because giraffes are, or they make you feel, or they're like that. Okay. They are gentle. They are nurturing. And... Kim's an English major, everybody. This is the standard. They're a a little sassy. Oh, very nice. Okay. Okay. Now, question number two. What is your favorite color? Favorite color is green. And three reasons why, or three describing words why. Same thing. It is lively. Okay. It is rejuvenating. Nice. And it is calming. Very nice. Okay. I like how you say lively and calming. That's very interesting. Great word choice. Okay. Now, question number three. Everybody, close your eyes. Now, I want you to imagine that you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean. There's water as far as you can see. All of a sudden, somebody comes up to you and they tell you that they can give you any three things in the entire world that you want. There's no reservations, there's no gimmicks, no tricks, no restrictions or exceptions. Any three things are yours. How do you feel? Three words. Mm. Wary. Okay. Overwhelmed. Okay. (laughs) And hopeful. Beautiful. Okay, question four. Again, I need everybody to close their eyes. Now, I want you to imagine that you're in a big white room. There's no windows, there's no doors, and there's no way out. How do you feel? Curious. Okay. Calm. and hesitant okay great okay so now if you are in your car or if you're not somewhere where you're writing stuff down then pause the episode here because we're going to go through what each of the questions means and we're going to analyze kim's answers together yay (laughs) (laughs) woo Give me a sec. I'm just gonna highlight. Here. This is this is now transitioning into my ther- the therapy segment. Yeah, <laughs> of the show. It's actually this is such a beautiful. It's such an easy quiz. Mm-hmm. For any- I like vaguely remember this quiz from like our university days, but I can could not tell you what any of them mean. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do this quiz from on- like w- way back when. This quiz just but, like. like- I get a really good gauge about people because it's so interesting. Like, I've done this quiz myself so many times, and it's a quiz that once you know the answers, it it 
doesn't like take away from the fun because as long as you answer the questions that are being asked and not think about what like you can't even separate like it's so easy Mm -hmm. to separate the two that you can continue doing this quiz every few years and you see how you've changed or you know how your life is affecting these answers okay so yeah I remember being like fascinated by this quiz when we did it but I just like it's been so long that I I don't remember what any of them mean yeah okay perfect okay so question one so the words that you choose for your favorite animal your favorite animal subconsciously is what you think about yourself and Kim you said gentle nurturing and sassy (laughs) (laughs) which I was like wow spot of all the words to to say for a fucking giraffe who says sassy other than the sassiest person I know (laughs) who does improv (laughs) good at improv (laughs) okay question two so the favorite color it's what you subconsciously think other people think of you. And you said lively, rejuvenating, and calming. Which is such an interesting thing that lively and calming seems to be like complete opposites, but I think those are both parts of your personality. So I can attest that, that that's pretty bang on. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question three. It's always a fan favorite. So how you felt when you were offered any three things by someone on a boat is how you're currently feeling about love, sex, and relationships. And Kim said, wary, overwhelmed, but hopeful. Here's a bonus kind of follow-up cue. When, what kind of boat did you see yourself on when you were imagining it? Uh, like, like a little sailboat. Okay, so one of the, it's not, it doesn't hold true for everybody, but generally depending on like your how independent you are and your your close like how close your circles are um that will that will show itself in the kind of boat you are so sometimes people will do this quiz and literally see themselves on kayaks whereas like other people will see themselves on yachts so when i did this quiz when i was like i don't know grade nine or ten i always saw myself on a yacht and then when i did it when i was older i saw it on like a just a larger sailboat yeah, I see myself on, like, not a large sailboat, but, like, probably a sailboat that would, like, comfortably accommodate, like, like two people. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like a small sailboat. That's borderline very independent over here, girlfriend. Okay. Question number four. So, this one is how you, like, when you were in that room, this is how you subconsciously feel about death and dying. And you said curious, calm, and hesitant. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. I was like, aren't you claustrophobic? Don't you want to get the fuck out of there? What, you know, so here's your follow-up question. I didn't feel like, okay, because, like, the, when I was trying to figure out what words to, like, describe, like, okay, with, yeah, with the sailboat one, it was, like, a little bit of, like, like, distrust, but, like, I want, I want to, like, I'm curious, right? Yeah. And then with the, with the room, I was, like, I felt like I weird like okay like I belonged there in the sense that like anyone would belong there but also like I wasn't I shouldn't be there right now 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Wow. Like that's how, that's how, yeah, that's, that's how, like that was the feelings I was like trying to articulate is like, I don't feel like this is a threatening place, but I also am confused as to why I'm in this room right now. Okay. Kim the philosopher, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Improv, improv artist and philosopher. (laughs) Can you hear me smacking my own face? Amphibian, improv artist, (laughs) and philosopher. That's what you should change your Instagram bio to. (laughs) Yeah, I will. (laughs) Follow-up question before you take away. What did you, when you were in this room, what did you picture yourself doing? Like, what were you doing when you were in this room, in your your imagination? In, in, like, the white room, I was walking around the way you would, like, pace around a room if you were waiting for an appointment. Like, okay, so like if someone was just like, wait here, I'm just gonna like go get the person you're looking for or something like that, and you were kind of just like looking at the paintings, but there was no paintings, like it was just like, you know, huh, okay, so but I was kind of just like, you know, sussing out my my environment. <laughs> <laughs> so this part of the question or this question kind of refers to how you deal with things that you cannot change, and so with yours, it's like a little bit of pacing, a bit of acceptance. You know, you're not like some people; mm-hmm. the fir- the, they're just trying to get out. They're just trying to get out of it and they're trying to find a way. Other people just sit there. I had a friend when she did this quiz years ago. She was like, oh, I'm going to take a nap. My room has pillows. And I'm like, okay. See, I never said anything about the pillows. Other people talk about the room being filled with light, even though there's no windows, there's no doors, right? So it's a very Oh, yeah. My room's very bright. Yeah, right? Minus two. So I think that that's... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that that wraps it up. The only reason it made it into the Philomath is because we talk about favorite animals and I thought it was a way to kind of share this or kind of extend this into something that means a little bit more so really what it gets down to is that your favorite animal is important because it says who you really are a lot about you yeah yeah so that wraps up the episode i want to know anybody who does this i want to know all of like the answers like question three is probably the the one that will make you holler and hoot the most because so many different people are at so many different places in their lives with relationships, right? Even if you've been married for 30 years, <laughs> your, your answers are going to change here and there. So it's uh, it's definitely a good one. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can do a post like on, on Instagram where we'll have the questions too so that mm-hmm. you can find them again should you ever want to do this quiz on your friends. That concludes this episode. <laughs> and if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can find us at at Wits End Podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and a nice message and tell us what your favorite animal is. Yeah, I want to know. And we'll see you guys in two weeks for our first ever Valentine's Day episode. Woo! Bye! Bye!